Hello and welcome to the Commonweal Policy Podcast. I'm Craig Dale, I'm the Head of Policy and Research at Commonweal. The question, what do you do for a living? Maybe one of the most pernicious phrases to descend from our capitalist society. As if your entire life, your justification for being allowed to live, is encapsulated within those hours that you sell to someone else to increase their profits. Life is a bit more than this, isn't it? It's about everything that we do outwith our work that make, and that which makes our life worthwhile. A world that disparages art, culture, sport and other hobbies as a waste of time. Or worse, time and activities that you really should be monetizing. This is a bleak one that makes us toil for those few who remain with the wealth to buy their freedom. This week, Commonweal shines a spotlight on everything else with the launch of Commonweal Recreates a new monthly newsletter designed to help you find Scotland's hidden cultural corners, find a new sport to get interested in, or be inspired by the art that someone else has just learned how to do. My guest this week is our very own Caitlin Driver, curator of the new newsletter. Welcome, Caitlin. Good to have you back in the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Nice and sunny. So, Caitlin, what do you do for a living? Well... I've been at Commonweal for just over a year now. I'm the policy and communications coordinator, and that's what I do. I'm enjoying every moment of it. <laughs> it's been great having you. So what prompted you to start this uh, new newsletter? Well, I think it was a mix a mix of things. So first of all, the team talks about what they do, what they're, you know, at the weekends, what they're reading, what they've watched, music they're into. And I thought, you know, that could be quite interesting. I thought a lot of the team lead interesting lives, although a lot of them think they don't, which I found surprising. And I thought maybe people would like to hear about it. You know, you've got so many streaming services and, you know, you can just get anything at your fingertips. So actually, with your precious time trying to decide what to do, it's always nice to have some recommendations. Um, then as it grew, obviously, we've just had sorted our book. Um, and this was kind of the first time that we'd really ventured into recreation, so the arts and sports. And I thought maybe it'd be good to have a newsletter based upon that. And obviously, we have our original newsletter, which is very successful. And it's got some great articles every week from the team and other people contributing but it can be quite hard hitting. It can be, you know, it keeps up with current affairs. So sometimes the news, it, it's not depressing, but, you know, it's what's going around us. So I thought, why don't we have a newsletter that's good news? You know, it's all about how to make yourself, you know, more happy, what to do in your spare time. So that's really where the inspiration came from. I'm glad you mentioned that phrase, good news, because it's uh, a theme that I've been trying to draw out of the podcast this year. Yes. Last year, I did the, the theme of uh, communities, trying to find all, uh, what, what communities are doing in the wee hidden corners of Scotland. But uh, this this year, I'd really like to celebrate the good news that is happening. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's out there is doing something that's going really well or seeing something in their community that's going really well, get in touch. Let me know. Come on the show and talk about it. It's hard to find good news sometimes, you know. That's the thing. Well, that's the problem. Bad news sells, good news goes unreported. Yep. <laughs> so on the good news of this newsletter, can you give us a flavour of what was covered in the in, in the first edition that came out this week? So first newsletter, um, we're just getting started, so we're planning on growing it. But our first one, we tried to cover a sport 
that obviously you don't hear about a lot in the mainstream media. So right now it's usually a lot of football, maybe a bit of rugby, sometimes tennis, you know, you get a little hint of other sports. So trying to bring in a sport that we don't really hear about. So I actually went with skateboarding. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing some more research that I realised that Scotland does have some connections to skateboarding. Um, and obviously with it being featured in the last Olympics and it'll be featured in the next ones, um, it's, you know, grown in popularity. I mean, it's always been popular. It's a very cool sport. It's got its own kind of culture to it, which, you know, we all... We watch in movies and things like that. But I think recently being um more on TV, people realise it's a legitimate sport. Um and it's an impressive one. So, you know, there's a really famous skate park, a world famous skate park in Scotland that I never knew about, um, that Tony Hawk visited in the nineties. Um my knowledge is good enough to know who Tony Hawk is, but that's really it. Um, we've even got some rising stars in Scotland, uh Daisy Buchanan. So we've spoken a bit about her. Um, and even a community project in Glasgow based on a skate park. So, um, yeah, something you don't hear a little about, you know, a lot. Um, and then we're trying to look at community arts projects. What would a solid community arts scene in Scotland look like? And we're going to have a look at different ones, obviously open to loads of suggestions. So this, uh, this month we've gone with the Stove Network based in Dumfries and Galloway. So looked at loads of the projects that they're doing, some really successful ones, really interesting ones. I wish I lived in the area. You know, you've got music festivals, cinema nights, um, tutorials online to, you know, start your own podcast if you wanted to. Um, and then, as I said, we've looked at what the team have been up to this month. So each month, the team will, a couple of team members will be suggesting Things to go and visit, uh, TV shows, documentaries, books, um, art galleries. So, yeah, that's what we've covered this month, but hoping to grow it a little bit. I really enjoyed your your article on the on on the skateboarding. Although I have to say the the idea of slamming at high speed into concrete kind of fills me with dread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I am so in awe of them, but I am not. I'm not going to give it a shot myself. I will just fall over. <laughs> Mm. Although if anyone is out there who wants to come on and talk about skateboarding and the Scottish skateboarding scene and yeah. what it does for the country, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. What do you hope to cover in future editions of the newsletter? Well, I'm hoping it will actually be shaped a little bit by the people who read it and um, people that come up suggestions with um, things in their area. As I said, arts, sports, tourism, you know, what is happening in your area that you think is a hidden gem that people don't hear about. Um, it would also be really good to go out with the central belt. Um, you know, we hear a lot about what's happening Edinburgh, Glasgow, but let's, you know, other other rural remote parts of Scotland, it would be really good to know about that. So if people would get in contact and we could, you know, branch out that way. Um, and then also we've got Christina, who I think um would be a really good asset she's done quite a few articles on her foraging and i think that would be something that people would like to to read about in this newsletter 
I know that we, we've been working on the policy side on this as well, not just in Sorted. We also have upcoming policy papers on arts and culture uh, coming from Commonweal. Um, so I'm sure we'll be able to talk about the, the, yeah. the political side of that as well. Um, especially how do we support artists in ways that don't involve falling into those same little cliquey groups that seem to get all the money these days? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've got should have an arts paper coming out quite soon. Um, and we're hoping to do branch into a bit more work in the in sports sector. So that will be um, included in the newsletter in the coming months, I think. Again, that's a little call out for people. If you do have an interesting cultural or artistic or sporting event going on in your community, or if you've got an interesting hobby that you want to talk about in the newsletter, get in touch and, and Caitlin will get you included in the, in the piece. Yeah, love to hear from you. So this rediscovery of recreation plays into the the chapter in our, our book sorted can you take us through that chapter and and what it says about recreation in scotland and what we could be doing we approached this chapter in three different stages first was sports and outdoors the second was arts and culture and the third was travel and tourism so we thought that was the three things that kind of made up recreation in scotland so sports and outdoors we want to reimagine how scotland approaches sports so right now, it's quite heavily concentrated on competitive sports. Um, and there's probably quite a small box for what's considered sports. So we look towards Iceland quite a bit because the way they approach sports is quite different. So anything can be defined as a sport, basically. Or because I even think when I say sport, I'm thinking about something that could be put in the Olympics. But they will define it as berry picking or hill walking, something like that that can really bring in all ages, um, all abilities. So it's trying to redefine what we class as sport, getting everyone involved, then trying to get funding. So there are some radical ideas in Sorted. And I would say probably one of the most radical ideas was that we wanted to create a national gambling agency, which is done in Scandinavian countries. Hmm. So owned by the government and the proceeds go towards grassroots sports, which would be a great way to have more facilities, lots more funding to get community projects up and running. Be an amazing way to do it. Obviously, it's a radical idea, but it does work. And then we've done arts and culture. So this was mostly about getting the arts into communities. So having a cultural centre, culture hub in every single kind of area. As well as that, we want to see artists being supported. So as you said, not going into those uh, cliques where only a certain group of people get money, but making it easy for artists to start out in the arts, have an actual living where they're not, I don't know, having to have a part-time job and spending a little amount of time on their actual work. And... As I said, when I was looking at the Stove Network, they did amazing things like getting the community involved. And it was all about celebrating their community. And again, just like sport, the definition of arts is in a small box. It can include anything from, you know, obviously your painting, but then it can be filmmaking, podcasting, um, cooking, DJing, you know, everything's included in, in the arts. And how do you... How do you get people involved where they don't have to spend a lot of money as well? Because that's a big thing. Mm. 
And then we've got tourism and travel. So making it easier for families to enjoy Scotland. You know, anyone can come in, um, maybe getting an initiative going where we have deals so that hotels don't sit vacant during lower months. People can travel around and take make use of rural areas that don't normally see a lot of tourism. Um, we even looked into areas like into ideas such as hutting. So that is like you could have a farmer that on the side of, you know, doing his farming on his land, he can have little huts where you can go in and you can do some hill walking as well, living a bit off grid. Um, so, yeah, those were the three main things. And as well as that, we wanted to kind of redefine what we see as recreation. So it shouldn't always be something that contributes towards GDP or shopping, you know. Um, it should be something that is part of everyday life and not something that you treat yourself to. It's just part of your, your routine. So those are, that was how we approached recreation and sorted. Yeah, I mean, I'm struck by uh, an article that our colleague Rory wrote for the the, the weekly newsletter a few weeks ago, um, talking about the the lack of space to be in urban places. Mm. It's very often very difficult to find a place where you can go and recreate and yeah. be with people that doesn't come with the expectation to spend money, mm-hmm. or even getting a place that hasn't been privatized. You know, even. Um, being involved in swimming a little bit. I know that with pools and PFI, um, trying to get that space rented back from the people who own it can be absolutely extortionate for little mm. community-based, small local swimming clubs or you know after-school clubs. It's an absolute nightmare to try and get areas now. Playing fields being sold off. Yeah, you're right. Trying to get areas just to relax and there's not a big onus on spending money is um it's harder these days yeah and and on the art side i know many artists who 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 struggle in their their daily lives not just because they can't get money to fund projects but often because they can't find customers to to buy their arts and crafts because the 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 amount of labor and time that goes into creating something in this world where you can get, you know, when, when you can buy a, a cheap injection molded plastic box for a couple of pounds, why would you spend a hundred pounds for a beautiful woven uh, yeah. basket? Yeah, well, and that's another thing that we look at, you know, marketing, the, the role that it plays in our society, because we place a lot of value on having loads of things. So yeah, why would you have invest in one good piece when you could go to Amazon and get 20 different boxes instead of having something beautifully created? The feeling that people get from shopping. Um, yeah, we need to move away from that. Yeah. So what is it that Scotland gets wrong about this attitude towards recreation and, and why have we ended up here? Well, as I was saying, I think GDP, you know, we, and I'm guilty of it, um, trying to move away from it. When you think of free time, especially friends, my mum, think of shopping. And quite often our towns, uh, villages, cities, they're all geared up, you know, your town centre, your high street, shopping. It's all about that, spending money. That is one thing that we get really, really wrong. And I would also say, 
they um and again I'm guilty of this too obviously this only apply to adults but when we think of free time quite a lot of the time we think of alcohol you know um enjoying ourselves can quite often mean um having a drink and I think that's maybe Scot- Scotland Britain UK it's all you know specific to them um so that is one thing that we get quite wrong you know spending money and then on our weekends nights out you know alcohol and I, I spoke about this on a recent podcast when we uh, were talking about the the concept of the four day week is it just that we don't have time to have fun anymore because we're working too much yeah well I mean that's the thing when someone says I'm going to do something for myself I'm going to go to the art class I'm going to go um, take a boxing class it's like something that's something extra something that's quite amazing I've had time to do this where you should have that time you know there are countries that <clears throat> obviously you get you know, people with children they get extra childcare. they have more money so that they can go and carve out time in their week to spend time doing what they love uh, but here it seems that that's a bit of a added extra a little bit of a bonus but if we had time that, you know, you didn't have to feel guilty for going doing something for yourself, you know, instead of going home and, I don't know, there's a lot of pressure to make sure you're doing the cooking and the cleaning and all that. But I think quite often people feel guilty for just doing something for themselves. And just to make everyone out there jealous who isn't on a four-day week, uh, it's my day off tomorrow, and one of my friends also has a day off, uh, coincidentally. Uh, I am a Warhammer nerd. I'm spending the day with him playing with toy soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't pretend to be into Warhammer, but that does sound fun. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new edition coming out. We've got to test it. Anyway, that's another show. Um, what could Scotland look like if we get recreation right? So I think, as I was saying, um, if we get recreation right, it means that you've got the time to do something that you enjoy. Um, four-day week would be great if we could all have a four-day week. You know, you everyone can carve out time and it doesn't feel like an extra bonus. It's part of, part of your daily routine. And as we were saying in Sorted, um, we think there should be an app where people can look what's in their local area or further afield that tells you all the things that you could do with your time, with your recreation. So you can pull up your phone and say, you know, what's available tomorrow um, within 10 miles for a family of four. Uh, you know, we want three. And it's going to give you a list of things that you could do outdoors, indoors. Obviously, being in Scotland, indoors is quite important as well. Um, And that's what it can look like. You know, you can go down to your community um, notice board. You can see different classes. Um, I actually, me and my friend, we're going to try and do a flower arranging class. Um, Nothing too serious. We don't want to become florist. And it costs, I think it was £600 to do... um, four classes and I was like well that's that's not very affordable for just a kind of hobby so how do we get that in the community where it's affordable you know that if that was if I can do a floral arranging class and it's not going to cost me a mortgage that's what I think would be when we've kind of succeeded in uh, recreation as well as that I think getting more people involved in sport 
um, children as well, not feeling that everything has to become competitive. Because you hear a lot, you know, children, they get to a certain level in whatever sport and eventually they have to choose whether they want to be competitive or leave. So, you know, in swimming clubs, running clubs, rugby, football, how do we continue doing sport but without having to have the competitive element or having children at the age of eight making them buy all expensive kit where parents feel that there's pressure to go out and buy the newest football boots you know having having less pressure on people just to enjoy their time and not having a money aspect and um the time aspect Mm. And this all ties into other policies that we've done around things like sharing libraries, where you could borrow the kit that you need to mm-hmm. play sport for a day or go hiking or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how can folk get involved with the, the Recreates newsletter? Well, we're just starting out, but I would love to hear from people. Um, what's going on with them? What's a sport or a sports person that they think needs a little shout out or... um art that's going an art community arts project that's going well in their area I would just like to hear from people and as I said I think that could help to shape the newsletter um so if you could email me so it's caitlin at common.scott I'd love to hear from you so yeah yeah please do and I'm looking forward to hearing some of the stories from around around the country Caitlin just finally as we get to the end of the show what other projects are you working on in Commonwealth at the moment? So, as I've said, we're trying to get um, sports up and running. Um, we're trying to get a sports working group or something along those lines. So I'm working on that. And hopefully we should have some sports policy by the end of the year coming out, which um, the first people to hear about it will be in the Recreates newsletter. And then justice, because um, justice was another thing that we've, just approached and sorted um, and I'm quite interested in how we can change the prison service especially uh, linked to the care service and the care group which is a very successful working group within Commonweal so that will be another aspect that um, I'll be working on and trying to get up and running. Mm, and that's a good illustration that we don't really do specialist experts in Commonweal everyone becomes an expert in everything eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, those are two very different different projects, but two things very, very interested in. Well, thank you, Caitlin, for coming on to the show and, and really good luck with the newsletter. I enjoyed writing my own little piece for it uh, this week <laughs> and uh, maybe the first of many. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I'd like to end the show, as I always do, by reminding folk that Commonweal as an organisation is entirely funded by our donors and supporters who give us an average of £10 a month each. We don't get government money, we don't have corporate sponsors, we don't get big funding grants from art bodies, we don't even have adverts on our website. So if you can help support us, if you'd like to support our policy work, our campaigns, Caitlin's new newsletter and this podcast, then please click the donate button in the description of the show. Thank you to my guest. Thank you to everyone who's listening, and I'll speak to you all again next week.